The Cleveland Browns 2022 draft class is in the books. We're going to get John Costco from PFF in here. We're going to get player grades. We are going to get player analysis on the nine draftees the Cleveland Browns took over the weekend. All that more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB, the Locked On Browns podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself. Uh, Locked on Browns, follow back account. DMs are open, as everybody knows over there. Appreciate everybody who uh, makes uh, Locked on Browns their first listen day in, day out. To all the new listeners this week, um, you know, appreciate you all for uh, you know finding us and sticking around. And like I said, we're here every day. Today's episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts we're going to sit with pff's john costco get player grades here um uh you know from john here through his perspective some thoughts here on the nine newest cleveland browns and the first thing i guess we can start here john as we were saying this before we hit the record button kind of surprised that that is nine that it ended up being this deep of a draft class but you know cornerback brought in two edges brought in Two wide receivers brought in, of course, a kicker, uh, interior offensive lineman, and, of course, defensive tackle Perry on Winfrey added to the group. But a little surprising, John, that it went nine deep. Yeah, it, it is surprising, you know, considering um, just just because I was expecting to make some more moves for future picks, but they they did that, <laughs> but also still, you know, didn't lose a pick in this year's draft. So they had that trade with, with Minnesota and – and picked up a, an extra fourth round pick next year, which was really good value for that. And then when you accumulate all those picks, it kind of does, you know, it kind of gives you the slide to be able to, to draft a kicker in the fourth round, which is a, a little bit of head scratcher, but you're, when you're talking about like one of the most analytically forward thinking teams. So, um, but I think uh, for, you know, they, they added guys, I think on, you know, in the, round, the sixth round and seventh round, those guys are, you know they're likely not going to be making the team, and you know based on the you know what I, what we have on them and you know the evaluation on them. But I think they're guys that they think that could come in and probably contribute on special teams. So you know I think it was it was uh, surprising to see all all six of their picks get you know use them uh, on on day three of the draft. Yeah, certainly for me, I, I felt that way as well. But, you know, also now keep in mind, of course, Browns without a first-round pick in 2023, but already two threes, two fours, two fives. Um, the extra three in the Quessy move as he became general manager of the Vikings, obviously made the move, uh, pick up an extra fourth. And then, of course, the Troy Hill trade netted him a 2023 fifth. So getting right into it, John, um, I was actually – I did an episode with uh, Jake Burns uh, Wednesday night before the draft all kicked off, and we were just talking about, you know, places where the Browns would maybe spend capital that not a lot of people were talking about. Um, you know, basically position groups that are never a no for the Cleveland Browns right out the shoot pick 68 to start the Browns 2022 class cornerback Martin Emerson. 
I don't think the Browns are ever out on cornerbacks. They will listen to any and every cornerback. It's the key to what this defense does coverage-wise. Factor in the fact that every one of their cornerbacks at some point last year missed time, every single one of them. So, you know, you got to be ready to go when your number is called. Um, Martin Emerson, Mississippi State. I, it seems through the PFF lens that, you know, he was actually, he was liked and he does bring something to this room that not a lot of these guys have. He's a little bit more physical playing style type player and a little bit bigger. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like he's, he's got really good size for a cornerback um, and he's got massive hands. He has 11 inch hands, which I mean, it's kind of hard to fathom a guy. It's almost unheard of. It's almost yes. unheard of for somebody who doesn't play on the line either way. Yeah, and I mean, he's got, I mean, he's going to come into the NFL and have arguably the biggest hands in the NFL. You know, I can't even think of off the top of my head who has 11 plus inch hands, but um, I mean, like that's like Shaq's, like I wonder how big Shaq's hands are. Um, And, you know, there's all the the funny memes of him to holding like a water bottle and looking like a baby, you know, baby bottle or something like that. But um, yeah, he's a physical cornerback. Um, Really, you know, he's got good speed, good athleticism. Uh, graded well, the you know each of the years that he was at co- in college and just was improving. Um, good, you know, good in, in press man um, and press zone, so he can do both. And you know, he's a guy that's a ver- scheme versatile guy that he does need to improve. You know, there's a reason why he's a third round pick. He didn't, didn't go into first or anything like that, but he has to improve from off coverage looks and um, you know and and being able to turn and run a little bit better. But he's a guy that has. You know, he allowed one catch over 25 yards this year, and you know that's that's pretty good. You limit he's he limited big plays into his coverage, so um, yeah, I think he was a really solid value there in, in the third round. And like you said, they're not going to stop picking cornerbacks or just loading up in that cornerback room. And then obviously after the trade happened with Troy Hill, it made a lot more sense that they went cornerback with their first pick. But it's a it's a it's a group that you need to continually restock and replenish because. And this load up on because look at the, the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. They had, it was 2017, 2018, but they had one of the best secondaries in the NFL and they didn't reload up on that. And they got a whole bunch of injuries in that secondary and they really kind of fell off a cliff in terms of the, the, the defensive production. So um, you can't rely on these guys to continually be good year after year. So keep churning that, that roster in the, in the quarterback room got younger got cheaper in the room you know martin emerson comes in bigger than troy hill so you got a little bit bigger aj green a little bit of a bigger corner martin emerson a little bit of a bigger corner gives you options here as to you know what way you can go nickel maybe you don't absolutely have to necessarily have a true nickel you can take it week by week rotate players we've talked for years you know maybe there were there's going to be weeks where hey why don't we just take Denzel Ward and eliminate this issue? We're getting killed in the slot. So it's going to give a lot of flexibility for Joe Woods as far as what he wants to do with that cornerback room. Next pick, 78 overall. There's um, there's definitely some project to Alex Wright. There's no doubt. He's certainly going to be taking a jump here in competition. Um, but, you know, six foot five, 270 pounds. Um, it seems the Browns now finally drafting tight ends. John, we, we have a type. We want a big 
We want him long um, as they kind of doubled up later on with Isaiah Thomas. But Alex, right, there was some production there. The thing I like is that he's smart enough to realize that if he is not going to make a play on the quarterback, he's at least intelligent enough to say, all right, well, let me try to use my length here um, to disrupt the quarterback if I can't get physical on him. Alex, right, UAB pick 78 overall. Yeah, so one of the things that was um, interesting about his profile is that, I mean, he's he's a very large human being for the for the position, uh, long, like you said. But uh, his grading profile is almost is kind built of more like a three four end. Yeah, he's a guy that you you can definitely kick inside and be a, a disruptor, and he's also really good with like inside counter type moves. So he's a guy that you you can expect to be a, a looper on, on stunts as well. So I, that's how I kind of envision that they're going to use him is. He can play anywhere on, on the defensive line, especially in passing situations. Um, and then you can deploy him uh, as, as, a, as a penetrator or as a looper on stunts. And he's really good at that. And one of the things like I was, was going to say with his grading profile, he graded in a 90th percentile or better in like every single category that matters to an edge defender. He's excellent run. You know, and this is obviously UAB. So the, the level of competition isn't like the SEC or anything like that. But what you want to see from those guys is that they're dominating their level of competition. And he absolutely did that um, run defensive grade run stopping percentage was, was excellent in true pass rushes, total pass rushes, win percentage on pass rushes. All of them were, were phenomenal for, for Alex, Wright, And he, he showed that as a sophomore and then even got better as a junior. So um, yeah, just uh, uh, from a, you know, what he was able to bring to the table against obviously UAB, you know, as a third round prospect who, you know, one thing we don't have is, is the athletic testing on him because he, he, he didn't um, test at the combine nor at his pro day. But uh, I think you see it on, on tape that he has some pretty good uh, speed and, and burst and explosion. So, you know, he's, he's a project yet. He doesn't have like the a plethora of moves that he can he can rely on. Um, and he's pretty raw in that sense. And, you know, coming from UAB, you kind of expect that the to be the case, he's not getting the, the quite the coaching that he would need to develop those skills. And you know, if he can be a sponge in terms of hey, I, I can work on these these techniques, and he he can be a, a pretty you know pretty solid edge rusher at the next level. Yeah, and with a player like Wright, and sometimes you know, and this is I know this is a theory with the Browns is sometimes we would rather teach you what you don't know yet as opposed to get you out of bad habits. And that's kind of what you're looking for here with a player like Alex Wright. You understand there's development. Um, most likely he's going to be in a room with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. He's going to have to understand that, you know, he does not maybe have said athleticism as those players. Um, but, you know, obviously both players are still technicians. You don't, you know, just because you're great athletes like Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney does not mean you just go out there and, you know, success and production finds you. It's, you know, still a craft and you still have to work on it. You still have to perfect it. I think with Wright, I think one of the things that I, I think is he seems faster than maybe he would be timed. And it's due to the size. It's due to the length, obviously covering a ton of ground quickly at six foot five. But Alex Wright, nice selection that I like. Certainly developmental. And, you know, look, there's it's, it's going to be, you know, maybe a little bit of a slower process with a player like Wright. Again, he's got some hurdles to come, you know, obviously top, you know, not facing the top uh, top competition while playing at UM, UAB. But Alex Wright, you know, you, you like the size. You knew that, you know, redoing the edge room was something that was on the docket this year for the Browns. And to this point, mission accomplished. We're going to get to a little bit more here with John continuing through here. Browns 2022 NFL draft class. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Last pick of day two, John, um, and this was a player that really was thought of highly until people started breaking out the stopwatches. Then all of a sudden, David Bell's draft process kind of took a little bit of a halt, took a little bit of a slide. Uh, oh, almost 3,000 yards from 2019 through 2021 uh, at Purdue. And this is also keeping in mind that 2020 for the Big Ten was a weird season. Not a lot of games were played. Um, so certainly production was there for David Bell. Not very athletic. Um, you know, Certainly not a burner. Can play inside, can play outside. Um, but John, this is one where, and I wonder maybe if the Browns kind of went a little bit against the grain here, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, a wide receiver, they drafted with a great athletic profile, Anthony Schwartz, you know, sub four, three speaks for itself for bell. This was more of a tape and production pick and kind of maybe ignoring any athleticism questions you may have had with David Bell out of Purdue. Yeah. You know, one of the things that the Browns does is that they rely on GPS data. So um, you know, especially when there's the, the athletic testing maybe isn't there. He did, they did that with Demetri Felton, um, a year ago where, you know, he, he had a really poor combine and, you know, when, when asked about it, you know, they talk about the, the GPS data that they have on him, especially like at the senior bowl. I know David Bell didn't go to the senior bowl, but I don't know, you know, you know, I just don't know what more information NFL teams have privy to that, you know, we in the general public generally just don't. But you know, you look at his ten yard split. It's better. It's at one five six, which is which is good. It's not ex- like otherworldly, but it's still really good. Uh, better than that of like a Traylon Burks, um, who is in you know around one five nine, one six one. And and you're right. Like the the rest of the athletic testing isn't isn't great, but he's got good size, um, good good decent length, um, and is a really good is a pretty. I wouldn't say like an excellent route runner, but he's a good route runner and he's going to be in the places that you need him to be when, you know, in the proper timing of the route. And he's really good with his body control. He's one of the, probably the best, in, you know, George, George Pickens may be the best in this class and with body control on the sideline. David Bell is a close second. I would say um, he had, a, he had a really good ability to, to, to go up and get it. And then also land with, you know, being able to keep his feet in bounds. Um, understanding where the leverage is of the defensive back. And he's one of the – he's like the only defense uh, wide receiver, I'd say, in college football in 2020 that gave uh, Greg Newsom any sort of troubles, right? Like Greg Newsom was first-round pick for the Browns last year. And Bell was – you know, I think he was targeted a whole bunch in that game. And, you know, he doesn't have a really good quarterback to throw to him. But he he made some catches on on Greg Newsom, which is was a rare thing actually in college in that season. So – um bell bell gave him fits and that's one thing that you can look at too is like when he had he went up against you know quality nfl caliber talent um he held his own so he he, production wise this is what you know one of the things we actually did is there was a study that i think timo Riske did uh he's a he's an uh, you know analytics guy at pff um when looking at you know production versus athleticism yeah you want a guy that's productive and athletic but if you're going to choose one or the other early, you know, in the 
days one and two, you want to choose that production profile rather than the athletic profile. And then on day three, you want to shoot for the the athletic upside on guys that, you know, maybe the, the production isn't there uh, and you, you think you can tap into that athleticism. But if, if you're taking them early in the draft and it's just all athleticism, uh, you might be you might be overdrafting that guy. So Bell, awesome production profile, kind of makes sense in terms of, you know, maybe a pivot in terms of what what the Browns have done from a pure athleticism standpoint. But he is a great production profile. Yes. And the other thing with David Bell is, you know, and as you had mentioned, you know, some of his biggest games were against his best competition, uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, you know, had monster, monster efforts against these teams. And obviously, you know, he was the focal point of these defenses on those days was, you know, trying to take away number three, David Bell still found a way to perform. Um, one thing I am not going to do during next year's draft press, says John, is try to find a 330-pound defensive tackle to put to the Cleveland Browns. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. This is obviously something not the Cleveland Browns are not truly interested in. They kind of did it a little bit with Andrew Billings. Never worked out. Um, Perry on Winfrey. Perry on Winfrey, uh, five and a half sacks from the interior at Oklahoma this past fall. Went down to the Senior Bowl, kind of showed everybody the motor he's got, the first step he's got, the quickness he's got. Um, everybody got to see over the weekend, you know, definitely an electric personality. We were talking last night with Pete Smith and, you know, Perry on Winfrey, whenever he's done, he can walk out of the NFL and probably walk into the WWE and be handed a microphone and be ready to go from day one. The guy's definitely got the swagger. He's definitely got the talk, but John, this is, you're looking here and you look at last year's two defensive tackles, Malik Jackson, uh, Malik McDowell. I think you're hoping that you can get some type of, those guys mesh together a guy who is not he's not going to absorb blocking he's you know not a huge mammoth defensive tackle but he can shoot he can dart he can get in quickly it may not always lead to making a play but it can lead to others making a play I really like this selection and for me this was a pick that you know wouldn't have stunned me at 44 to turn around and get him almost 60 picks later you got to be happy about this one yeah, he, he's he's another guy that the the athletic athletic testing isn't there. But you know, you talk about a uh, an interior defender with length. Uh, his his arm length is is kind of ridiculous. Thirty five inch arms. Um, another guy with big hands with ten over ten inch hands. Uh, he did he did run the forty, uh, and his and his ten split wasn't great. But uh, he didn't, we didn't get anything else on him. But he, he's a guy that. Had he come out last year, I think he could have maybe been able to boost, have a higher draft stock, and he didn't. He didn't play as well this year. You're talking about a run defense grade this past year of a 49.6. Again, the Browns do not care about stopping the run with their interior defenders, um, and I think that you know my my guess on the reason is that hey, this team is really bad at running running the football or stopping the run, so let's run it on them it's a way to entice other teams to run the football on them because it's a less efficient form of, of playing offense. So if they, you know, they, uh, you know, if they can put up poor run defenders and really good pass rushers, that's what they want to do. Um, you know, in, in 2020 he had a, had a run defensive grade of 75.9. Um, and, and so I think they could, they see some upside there with being able to stop the run. He's not going to be a complete liability. Another thing too, he's kind of played a bit out of place in that Oklahoma defense. Um, you know, you've played a ton at one, one tech, basically a nose tackle when he, he needs to be a three tech. So 
Um, I think he can he can be better than what he showed this past year as a run defender. But again, he's a guy that's going to be another penetrator. Um, he does have a good first step, uh, and he's he's quick enough to be able to beat interior offense alignment. So, a guy that is likely going to make the, the the team for them because they have a need at that position. Um, but like you said, yeah, stop stop uh, mocking uh, big dudes in the center that's going that are going to stop the run for the Browns. Uh, because they, they just that's just not their type. It's clearly not what they're going to be looking for in that position. They want guys that can get after the passer and disrupt the passer. Not, no question about it. So, uh, if they, look, if you're already working on 2023, uh, if they weigh, you know, I'd say about 320 or more, just take the red pen, get in the hell on out of here. Um, with all of these selections, uh, you kind of – everyone felt going into day three holding six selections. Um, you were in a position, if you're Andrew Berry, you know, I want to – draft players that legitimately have a shot at making this team. And it's tough because you don't want to draft somebody in May to have them basically not be on your team in August. It's certainly not an analytic approach, but you know, you'd rather, you know, have assets that maybe somehow some way, you know, are going to be part. So Cade York, a kicker made a ton of sense here. Things that stand out to me, John kicker on the national championship team with Joe Burrow in 2019. So obviously there were big kicks that year. Um, certainly the one in the fog in Gainesville stands out, but 15 career field goals over 50 yards. First things first, he was at LSU. LSU was good. They could have just said if it's fourth and six, hell, let's just go for it. No, they had confidence in their kicker to say, all right, well, well, let's, well let's tee it up from 50-something yards. Career long of 57. But, John, you, you needed you needed to at least try. And, look, everybody who's – some are so against it. Some are so for it. Look, your kicker could be gone in two games. You could think your kicker is outstanding. And guess what? He goes one for three on Sunday. You come back. You play the next Sunday. He goes two for four. You might be getting a new kicker the next day. It is – it's just – it's the way it goes. It's terrible. It's cruel. Um, but it's literally the way it goes. But if you can find a way to get one in here that you think can be consistent, can be around for a while, you take that gamble. Obviously, the Browns went that route here with the Bayou Bengal, Cade York. Yeah, you know, of all the 50 kickers that I was I heavily evaluated this year, uh, he was clearly the best. Night. I didn't look at a single kicker. Uh, look, during if, this I draft. Even, if I can justify the pick, it, it drives me crazy to use a selection on a punter or a kicker because any other position is more important and you could possibly find gold but if i'm justifying the selection of a kicker folks we need to be okay with it yeah it well so like it's i i I can i understand it from the fact that like it's a reactionary pick based on what you know the kicker did for the browns last year chase mclaughlin um, who oh yeah the other one too though They, they just weren't good they yeah they they weren't good they struggled uh to make their extra points um you know Cade York hasn't missed an extra point since his his what is set, I don't know 2019 I don't know if it was his, I don't know if he's a senior this year that was not. his freshman year that was, that was his freshman so year. he's so he came out early as a junior excellent okay so as a true true freshman then or maybe not a true freshman but as his freshman year he missed uh four extra points but then didn't miss another one in 2020 or 2021 granted he still didn't attempt as many extra points in those years combined as he did in 2019 with the joe burrow led offense but um you, you saw improvement from him uh he can kick it from long distance he's only missed three or sorry four field goals from from 50 plus um he's 15 for 19 from 50 plus and has a big leg so 
if he can make his if he can make his kicks, you know, and you're talking about like how much of a difference um, the the freshman was, not the freshman, but the, the the rookie was for the Bengals last year. Um, I don't I don't remember his name. He's a kicker. He's a kicker for God's sakes. But Evan McPherson, <laughs> baby. There we go. There we go. So he he you know obviously if, uh, he makes drafting a kicker look better. But like you know, it's one of those things that like. It's it's kind of a crapshoot when it comes to kickers, but maybe the Browns have found something. I don't know, uh, you know. So we'll we'll see if if he hopefully he sticks around because if he can make all of his extra points, which you know in college they are they are like the chip shots, so you should be able to make those in college. But um, you know if you can if you can make all your kicks, he never missed a kick under thirty yards um, and missed one in his you know his career under the forty yards. So it's you know, he's got to be able to make those. Don't come well, let's put it this way. Uh, let's hope the Browns score touchdowns, make your extra points, and Cade York have your kickoffs land at the one-yard line. Um, but if one thing noticed, and again, I keep getting into this, not a lot of people talked about the special teams play last year. Um, granted, it was lost in some myriad of other issues. Oh, it wasn't good. Kicking wasn't good. Punting wasn't good. Return game wasn't good. Jakeem Grant, uh, Baracquez, Baracquez, and now Cade York. Um, Mike Prefer, probably on the hot seat here. Um you know, and especially for this team to reach the heights that everyone thinks they're going to be capable of, you can't have any special teams gas cost you a ball game. What's going to be a tight race in the AFC North and certainly a tight race in the AFC in general. We're going to get back here. We'll talk a little bit about Jerome Ford. We'll get, see, uh, get a thought here from John on what he maybe likes out of the uh, uh, round six, a couple of Sooners, and, of course, Texas Tech. Um, a guy six foot six, 310 pounds playing center still seems to baffle me a little bit, but we'll get to that here and more as we continue on Locked on Browns. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain's auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your model an LX? Is it an EX? Do you have a V6 or a V6 turbo? And wait, while the person behind the counter orders the part on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low, and they for they are for every customer go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know the folks here at locked on sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com john over the last few weeks there's maybe been some speculation on the browns running back room um it's now become a very expensive room with Nick Chubb's extension. Kareem Hunt is making some good money. Dearness Johnson, if he stays, it's going to be over $2 million. So you're now looking at a room price tag of about more than $20 million for the 2022 season. Um, you, There's been talk that they think Demetri Felton is primarily going to go to the running back position this year. Um, now you just drafted as Cincinnati Jerome Ford, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. Demetric Felton, now Jerome Ford. This ain't college. You don't have room for five tailbacks. It just doesn't work that way. Um, we still haven't even discussed whether or not the Browns are going to go the fullback route this year or how they're even going to handle that. Um, you know, I don't think Johnny, St- Johnny Stanton is a lock by any means whatsoever. But you look at Ford. First things first, the number 24 
the size, five foot 10, uh, 210, the number 24, 446 speed. You see a little bit of a, a Nick Chubb type of running back, not comparing him there yet. No, obviously Nick is the golden boy, folks. But Jerome Ford, and look, we know Kareem Hunt, his contract is up at the end of this season. Dearness Johnson, we'll see how this goes. I mean, I think for me, this may have been a sign that maybe the Browns are going to say there might be better opportunities for you, Dearness, somewhere else. Demetri Felton, I'm not sure he's going to be a lock either, um, the way this all works out. Um, but there's going to be some changes coming, obviously, you know, within the next few months. And then certainly as we get into the 2023 offseason. But Jerome Ford, this isn't a bad selection here. He's a physical guy. He's got good size to him. 19 touchdowns, 1,300 yards on the ground. Was formerly an Alabama Crimson Tide. So, you know, he was really, really, you know, highly thought of, you know, coming into college. Jerome Ford running back Cincinnati. Yeah, so one thing that I don't think anybody is really talking about is that Kareem Hunt's not guaranteed any money this year. So I don't know if they if they want to keep him on the roster at what six million dollars. Um, but if they if they are up, I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. So if they're up against the cap or something like that, which right now they have the second most cap space, but they it gives them the flexibility to be able to to move off of Kareem Hunt if they if they had to um, because. You know, they, they that's a lot of money for your, your backup, basically basically your backup running back, and you're already paying Nick Chubb, you know, the, the money that he's owed. So uh, this gives you kind of that flexibility um, to be able to do that, though. Like, he's not a replacement for Kareem Hunt. I don't think there's there's definitely not anybody on a roster currently that's a replacement for what Kareem Hunt can do. Um, excellent, you know, he's an excellent runner and catcher of the ball, whereas Jerome Ford is, you know, he's more of that outside. He is – I mean, really, with the Browns being an outside zone team, if they continue to be be that, which is I would expect that, you know, Kevin Savansky is not going to move off of that uh, base package that they have. Um, he's an excellent outside zone runner. That that's the type of guy that you want for him. Um, he, he can he can one cut it and go. Um, has re- really good vision, especially when it's blocked up well. So he's a kind of a perfect fit for what the Browns do. Um, broke fifty two tackles this past year. Um, you know, average. Over his career, over three and a half yards per per carry after contact, um, and so he's, you know, he, he kind of fits what the Browns want there. So it gives them the, I guess, the flexibility to do things at that in that room if they needed to move off of, uh, you know, guys that are already in the room. But yeah, you're right. There's there's five guys that they you're not going to keep all five guys on the roster. So it's an interesting selection, especially in the fourth round where you know you. I mean, sorry, it was the fifth fifth round, the top of the fifth round. It's you know you're not guaranteed to make a roster by any means, but um, you know he's he's a guy, he's a quality player, and I thought he he um, this was really good value for you know good good running back in this draft, and this is this is kind of my in my opinion where you want to be taking flyers on on running backs, and you know middle of day three, why not? Especially guys that were productive in college, which is exactly what Jerome Ford was. Yeah, I mean, you know, all right, uh, maybe we'll take a running back on day three. All right, I got a guy, five foot 10, 202 pounds, uh, runs a 4'4, four, four, uh, you know, had a 1,300 yards on the ground last year, scored 19 touchdowns. All right, let's go. Um, you know, and, you know, obviously we all hope that most of the carries are being funneled through Nick Chubb, um, but eventually Nick Chubb is going to get need to get a breather. Um, we'll see. And it's, it's certainly an interesting scenario the way this played out because it was a luxury of the Browns having good running backs and a cheap running back room. And now all of a sudden, it's a high-priced, high-ticket room as far as if everybody's on this roster. 
um, you know, going into uh, the regular season for 2022. Day three, um, continuing, and you know, obviously, you know, I didn't mention it yet, but you know, yes, a lot of irony that the Browns drafted three Oklahoma Sooners. Um, it kind of, you know, it is, that is what it is. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I would have to think, come, and I know, come, you know, come Andrew back, Barry, Sooner Nation, come back. We're, we're, you know, that's what the Browns are yeah. saying. It's like, hey, we still love you, Oklahoma. It, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, you know, Andrew Barry probably, you know, he fluffed it off, of course. But you would have to think, you know, you know, the Michael Wood selection and then, all right, we're going to take Isaiah. T- Gosh, we're really going to take three Sooners? We're really going to take three guys from Oklahoma? Well, they did. So Michael Woods, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, had been a transfer from Arkansas. Isaiah Thomas, a little bit older. Isaiah Thomas, again, you know, massive, long guy, six foot five. Uh, he's another one that's, you know, north of 260 at the defensive end position. Dawson Deaton selected in you know, with their final selection in round seven, six foot six, 310 pounds, played center at Texas Tech. I do think at six foot six, 310 pounds, they are looking at him as maybe a guy that we can groom if you were to make it to be you know, a you know backup interior player somewhere down the line. But John, any you know, of the three here in you know the, the last three round selection, anything stand out to you? I mean, I think Isaiah Thomas, I think he's is gonna be most likely a guy to be able to make the team. Um, we mentioned this last night. There could be a role where Isaiah Thomas could maybe play a little bit more as a rookie than maybe uh, Alex Wright, just because at least Isaiah Thomas is a little bit more accomplished and kind of knows what, you know, basically his role would be. Yeah, and he's a, he's a pretty versatile guy, I would say. Um, you know, he's he's not going to wow, wow you with what he does, but I think he's a, uh, you know, he's another guy that I think if he had, had he come out the year prior would have been more highly touted. You talk, talk about in 20, you know, over the past few years, his pass rush grade was an 86.9 run defense grade of a 76.5. Again, like I think that Oklahoma defense, they had their issues this past year. So, um, you know, from an athleticism standpoint, you know, talking about a big guy in the seventh round, he ran a four, seven, you know, it's one, six, one, 10 yard split. I mean, that's, that's pretty good for for a guy in that round where you got the athleticism and then he has good good production in college. It's not like he's is ridiculous, but I think there's a there's definitely going to be a role for him um, on this team, and especially if he can, uh, you know, early on, you know, Alex Wright's going to make the, the roster. You don't take a guy in the third round and and have him not make the roster, but I think this guy can you know play on special teams. He can play anywhere on the defensive line, be a versatile rotational piece. Um, and he's definitely going to have to make it as uh, on special teams for the Browns. So um, for me, I think he's the most likely case to, to make this team. I think there's still they, – they have need at that position. They need to get faster, more explosive, more productive at the, at the you know, on the defensive line, and he, he provides that. Michael Woods, on the other hand, he's going to have to make it as a special teamer because he's not beating, obviously, mm-hmm. the top five wide receivers on this roster. Um, and so he would have to make it as that sixth wide receiver – um, because you know, you're talking uh, Amari Cooper, David Bell, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, Anthony Schwartz. Uh, who else am I forgetting? There's somebody that's Jakeem Grant, Jakeem Grant. So, right, you're you're not beating those five guys out, unlikely you're beating those five guys out. And this is not a guy who's like got like a trump card where he's an absolute burner of a guy. Um, you know, talking about you want if you, you know, if you want to talk about his calling card, he might be a really good run blocker, but like. That's not what you really, you know, the physicality there that that kind of lends itself to to special teams for sure, where he's just going to be out there and and bruising people. But 
you know, from a now from a production standpoint, he doesn't have it. From an uh, overall athleticism standpoint, he's a he's a good athlete. You know, I mean, but he still ran a four five five. It's nothing special there. Um, Ten yard split was a one five one, which is excellent. But then, and he, it was really you know, I'd say solid in his verts and but his poor in his in his uh you know his agility stuff. So. You know, we'll we'll see if he has finds a role, but I, I'd assume that this this is a guy that probably does not make the roster because it's it's already a pretty decently loaded room, and you know they they spent a third round pick on on David Bell. And you know there is some you know talk about possible rotation with maybe another veteran wide receiver here. Um, if Michael Woods were to make this team, there may might be because sadly there was an issue somewhere else in the wide receiver room. Let's hope not hope for that. Um, John, I think a lot of fans were misconstrued, you know, A, about this Browns draft class, about the way this weekend went. I believe we're all under the assumption that Jadavian Clowney, and I keep talking about this, like Jadavian Clowney was like that weird uncle everybody had who he didn't see for three months. He was out following the Grateful Dead, doing whatever. But when he was around, absolute great guy. Um, so I do believe everyone is of the belief that Jadavian Clowney returns to this team. That being the case, the Browns were going into this draft not drafting starters. There really wasn't a starter to be had. Granny didn't have a first round pick. Um, you know, you use that for the quarterback, which obviously, you know, most feel turned out to be the biggest need. And obviously the Browns did accomplish that. But what you're looking for is players with some traits that you think fit your system. And, you know, understanding that they're all going to be depth players to begin with. Can they graduate to eventually becoming starters? We talk about Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas. I'll tell you right now, these guys are going to be on the kick block team. They are going to be on the extra point team. They are going to be on the field goal block team. Six foot five, 270 long. Take a step, <laughs> spread out. See if you can do something in that regard. So I think where fans got upset is, you know, oh, well, no, you didn't get this. You didn't get that. You didn't get that. There, there isn't a starting position available on the Cleveland Browns if you were the belief that Jadavion Clowney is returning. So if that's the case, you're looking for depth. You're looking for some projects. Or with a guy like Isaiah Thomas, yeah, we know he's older but we know exactly what he is. He's kind of like Joe Jackson, who the Browns liked. So you, I think that's where fans maybe got misconstrued because there really wasn't a lot of room for a headline draft pick without causing maybe some dissension within the ranks or delaying somebody. And the Browns don't give up on their young players. Nick Harris maybe now going to be a starter in year three. Donovan Peoples-Jones, we've seen the gradual process through two years now. Um you know, Anthony Schwartz going to get an opportunity this year. The Browns know how much time he missed last year, knows how much that defected is that they're not done with him. There's still younger players in the building that the Browns are hoping take that next step. So there was not a lot of room. Again, that's what makes the nine picks a little bit head scratching. But I think a lot of people got misconstrued here because the players brought in, there was no room for basically a starter. You weren't looking necessarily for starters you were looking for players that you can develop and maybe are more of a factor in 2023 than they would have been in 2022 yeah one one thing too is that if you anybody listened to Andrew Barry in his pre-draft press conference where he was he talked about you know people kept asking about like oh filling needs filling needs it's like we don't we don't look at the draft as as filling needs because these guys are rookies you can't expect them to fill a need and then be a uh, a permanent starter these guys are coming in there for a, a, as a long-term potential answer. So you don't, you don't look at, especially when you're drafting a third round, right? You're yeah. You hope you get like these guys that can come in and day one and be these surefire, you know, starters and, uh, and, you know, become like rookie of the year type type caliber guys, but it's really hard to find those types of guys in, in the draft. 
and you're looking to replenish your roster and load up your roster for, for future years is what you do in this draft. And, you know, that's what they, that's what they did with the two edge defender picks, right? Like these guys can develop behind a, the miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. And even if they have to play more snaps, they still got to chase Winovich there at the edge position that they can play behind. Uh, they don't have to be a starter from, from the get go. And when they are a rotational edge piece, their length is what helps them to be able to be more, maybe more productive early on than what they, you know, maybe they're not beating their block, but their length has allowed them to disengage with the, the offensive tackle to to pursue after the quarterback. So, um, you know, that there's there's reasons why for for the picks. And, you know, you talk about adding players for the future. That's what the Browns did. They didn't they weren't going for these headline. You know, they weren't a they're not picking in the first round. They had a shot to pick in the second round. But knowing with the trade that they made for Deshaun Watson, they needed to add picks to their cupboard and they did so via those trades and they you know gained extra picks in, in future drafts and so i would expect them to continue to do that because they 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 need those picks that they they lost in that that because especially you need you do need eventually to have these upper tier picks you know especially early on day two um and some day one picks whatever but you know they, they just they didn't have the ammunition to, to quite pull it off that they needed to this year and and they had they added three players in the first you know hundred picks, which is you know kind of the average of what a team does. So um, yeah, I think I think they they set out to accomplish something to fill needs for the future, and that they did that. And I think you know so that you're not especially with two edge defenders, right? Like you're you're expecting oh we got we got to sign Jadavian Clown, we got to sign that you know whatever an edge defender because we're we're weak at that position. It's like well they recognize that. But they also recognize that they're not going to get a starter, day one starter at that position. So let's draft a couple of guys this year to hopefully develop into that. So we're not always thinking, all right, we got to we got to add an edge defender, right? So um, you know, yeah, they want to. You know, obviously it hasn't been announced. Maybe there's like a a handshake agreement of like, listen, I'm not going to show up for OTAs, so don't sign me beforehand. We're gonna. (laughs) All right, like I, I'm, I'll be here. I'll, don't worry, I'm going to be on our team. Just, to, I'm, you know, I'm not going to yeah. sign the contract now because every time you guys do an OTA, you're going to have to spend 15 minutes answering questions of where in the world is Javion Clowney. Yeah. You know, so let's do, let's just avoid that nonsense now. Hey, what'd you say, late July? Yeah, I'll, I might be a day late, but I'll be there. I'll be there, guys. I mean, look, this has been the case with Javion Clowney. It's just the type of guy he is. A little bit wired, a little bit differently. Um, football is not who Jadavian Clowney is. Football is what Jadavian Clowney does. And look, you show up on Sunday, you ball out. That's all that freaking matters. He is John Costco, obviously from PFF. Always love getting John on here for his insights. Um, certainly a little bit different this year for the Cleveland Browns in their draft. Um, but you know, in you know, people who felt weird about this year's draft weekend, go back three, four years ago and remember Labor Day weekend when final roster cuts are coming in and going, well, if the Browns can get a wide receiver three and a starting safety and and maybe a swing tackle, that's not where this team is now. This roster is constructed and is ready to go. Make sure you're following John at John Costco three uh, show itself. Locked on Browns follow back account me at Jeff underscore uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Appreciate all of you who make locked on Browns your first listen. Um, wherever you get your podcast, all the new listeners this week. I appreciate every single one of you, um, you know, for being along for the ride. Stick around. John's got the shades on. He is ready to rock today. Um, with that, folks, we are uh, going to put a, this one to bed. Uh, covered a ton here. Uh, got a lot of insight from John. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dollar Pound. LGB.
on the LOB. Let's go Browns.